Welcome everyone to staff meeting. That was so long. <laughs> <laughs> I am overwhelmed <laughs> with whatever that was. So long and very topical. Right. <laughs> right? Topical uh, as well, there are a lot of topics in there? There are many, many topics that were covered. Uh, I'm Frank. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast and can't read our lower thirds, I'm joined by a group, a big group of people today. James, Al, Brennan, Russell, and Darren. Uh, we are doing a staff meeting on non-productive.com, streaming to you live via the internets. What staff meeting, I hear you ask, <sighs> because your microphone is on at all times. That's just a little creepy pause there. Uh, basically, we have a weekly production meeting where we talk about all the things we want to make for non-productive uh, and then barely put any effort into actually making it real. And that's what staff meeting is. So welcome to this. We have uh, a lot on our plate today. We're going to get right into it. Darren and Al, you weren't here for pre-production, so just roll with it. Everything that happens, just expect that it was all part of the plan. Um, and that really was all of pre-production, so you don't have to worry about it. What you drinking, Darren? Uh, it's a little uh, wine spritzer. It's ah, a, wine uh, spritzer. You know, it's, nice. uh, it's, it's the summer months are coming in. I want to, you know, something refreshing right. and clean. I want to start this with what you drinking. James, what are you drinking? Got some beer. Um, I, beer I can't pronounce, but it's a German <laughs> wit beer. My sister left. It was very good. I've got sink water. Mm, <laughs> delicious. Delicious sink water. Ooh. Yeah, it's a it's in a it's in a filter pitcher. Don't worry about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm safe. All right, uh, let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start this off pretty simply. I'm gonna share the agenda with all of you. Right, um, big things. We're gonna I'm gonna quickly go over everything that we said we were gonna talk talk about, and I'm sure none of these, or maybe fifty percent of these, will actually come up. We're gonna talk about Marvel versus DC because we are contractually obligated to do so as a like a geek focused uh entertainment network pretty much uh, yeah we're going to talk about dungeon not included it's a podcast on our own network and about gaming in general brennan is here to help me go through all that we're going to discuss giant robots with russell collins because he is contractually obligated to talk about that as well and maybe get a little hint about um did i is that tear ragers t ragers Teenagers in love. <laughs> Teenagers in love. I'm I'm into it. I don't know what that is, but I'm into it. Uh, we're gonna talk about the second edition of Tears of a Machine, and let's see what else we got on this agenda. Ooh, transition effects. SNL nerds, glad you showed up, Darren, because we were gonna assign you what what you guys are doing this summer. Uh, no, we're gonna talk a little bit about SNL nerds. The season of SNL has closed, um, and you know our our most popular show on our network. I'm not backing that up with any data, but I'm just going to say it uh, is now looking for something to cover in the summer months and then maybe book club. And maybe I get to talk a little bit about TV because I finally got to watch a show to completion. I'm an adult. Ooh. Yeah. You make it uh, sound more impressive than it is, Frank. It is very hard for me. This, this whole thing, this last year has been exhausting for many, many reasons, but one of which is my living situation means I get to watch a half hour of, I have like a half hour of me time a day. Um, <laughs> and that does not translate well over because I like my hour long dramas. I like, I like to get deep into that Fargo, if you know what I'm talking about. 
just started season three. All right. So uh, let's talk. Let's start at the beginning. Everybody's on deck for this one. We're going to talk about Marvel versus DC. And specifically, we're now, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, coming out of this global pandemic that if you are you know, not native to Earth, you have no idea what we're talking about. But everybody else gets it. Um, uh, things will never be the same and yada, yada. It's a super serious topic that we're not going to bum you out by going to great detail with. But my big question for everyone is what, if anything, it could be a Marvel DC movie. It could be these big franchise things, or it could be something else. What would bring you back into theaters at this point? What oh, man, I've already been. You have. Oh, that's a good yeah. question. Who's, who has so far, Brennan, what have you seen? Yeah. Uh, I saw Raya and the Last Dragon, and uh, what the hell did I just see last weekend? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't too memorable. <laughs> that would be a good name for a movie, though. I mean, like, what the hell did I see last weekend? Or for a movie, anything. Anybody else? Oh, been it was, in it was uh, Quiet Place 2. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. That's good. Uh, uh, how were both of them? Uh, they were... They were good. It was nice to be in a theater for a change. <laughs> That's how, really was, what was. how was A Quiet Place 2? I loved seeing the first one. I saw it in like a, a, like a later showing in like a theater that wasn't packed in Boston. And it was just amazing how quiet it was. Um, it was, uh, what's my review of it? I don't think it was a bad movie. It was, it was entertaining. I was entertained, but it's not like treading any new ground from the first movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's a continuation of the story that I don't know that it needed to be continued. So <laughs> except for the, the so now we'll obviously get five more, right? No, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, and the experience was go going back to the theater was was it was great because there was basically nobody there. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so interesting. So uh, I mean. I would love to be back in theaters myself. For me, it's it, it is it's weird. I, I don't know, I don't not not to get too personal, but we we had a beautiful little kid born to us during the pandemic, and it's weird because he obviously cannot be vaccinated yet. He's not old enough, and it also a lot of the things that happens when you first have a kid mirrors a lot of the shutdown stuff that happens when the globe is having a pandemic, not to belittle the, the pandemic, but like, so like, how do I go to a movie? Is it, I haven't gone without my wife in, in years. And like, we have to take shifts now we have, to, or find a babysitter who is able to take care of him when he's seen nothing but us for a while. So it's so surreal for me. I don't know what it yeah. would take to get me back in. Um, anybody else have any crises that they're dealing with about this issue? Or am I, I literally the only one? No, I just don't know. You know, I'm trying to think of something that would really bring me back to the theater. You know, uh, Brennan kind of gets it. Like, I loved A Quiet Place, but I didn't know if I needed to see more. So that wasn't one of them, you know. And it's not that I, I obviously, I love the Marvel movies and I love the Marvel TV shows and stuff like that. But, you know, <clears throat> the post-Endgame fatigue and just how well you know, the past uh, two Marvel series played on TV. Now they've gotten me used to watching it, you know, in the man cave here, yeah. right? So I don't know if that's going to drag me out to the theater. I think it might be Dune. Um, oh, yeah. So Good uh, answer. I, 
So uh, just some context, right? So I love, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name here, uh, Denise uh, Vienvenu or whatever. He's French. Um, <laughs> if I you're French, comment and we'll, leave, we'll pop it up on the screen. Put a, put a pronunciation guide and we'll, we'll get it up. Um, but I think his films are beautiful. Like uh, they're incredibly well told and they're visually stunning. Um, from Arrival to uh, you know the Blade Runner sequel, um, just incredibly visual. Um, and I know that there was, that was the big, that was the big film that sued Warner Brothers for doing the, um, the HBO Max thing. So they actually won that suit. They came to an agreement. <clears throat> so that's going to be off television or off streaming much longer, right? It's going to be in that new 45, 50 day uh, window they're going to experiment with so that right. would be probably be the one if that if that's good or at least supposed to be really visually appealing that's probably the first thing i can think of that that begs me to go to the theater experience I'm, yeah. I'm also similar to you frank as an i have a three-year-old so yeah there's a whole added layer of going out yeah. <laughs> you know it's always, it was always difficult and now it's even more for me it's always the aesthetic right you want to go to a movie for either because it's visually amazing you have an awesome light system that you set up for your tv for uh, godzilla versus king kong and I i'm did, like that's I... probably the only re way i would really enjoy I spent the whole pandemic really <laughs> really really doing this room just just in enough time to like go back to work. So I finished and then it was like, okay, that's great. And then, you know, now I'm back yeah, in the office can, full time. That, that's a good thing you had that free time. Uh, no, but yeah. So like there, there are certain things Dune, I think visually would be something you want to see on a huge screen. I love the drive-in experience. Absolutely. Love, always have loved the drive-in experience, but you know, yeah, you that's know, been like, great with all the new drive-in pop-ups. I think awesome. that, the, the the one thing that I'm missing, and I guess this leaks into the Marvel conversation, is that there isn't that moment, that cultural, believe it or not, yeah, a cultural moment where everybody wants to see this one thing. I still watch Endgame reaction videos where, like, it's audio from the theater and the, you know, Thundercap spoiler alert when, when Captain America picks up uh, the hammer, uh, Thor's hammer. It's like... It, it this really makes me feel like I want to be around people again. It's not just about being afraid of being sick. There's we've all kind of gone through a little bit of trauma, and I feel like you know dealing with this is the delay on the chat is killing me because sometimes occasionally someone will pop up something like I'm like we all survived trauma and Helios Raven is like mew mew. <laughs> something else. Um, but yeah, I don't. Black Widow doesn't quite do it for me. I don't know if I'd go back for that. Mm. Phase four doesn't even look like it's interesting. Uh, I'm gonna let somebody else talk. Anybody else want to go? Oh, also, muted, Russell, you may be muted. Hmm. Russell, uh -oh. refresh your browser. It's a browser. Maybe, or oh, it's no. uh, it's XSplit, or maybe it's us trying to limit the amount he's going to talk about giant robots. <laughs> All right, when Russell put, comes in, he's got words for us. Darren, how about you? Do you have anything to say about um or Al? Uh, yeah, anything I'll to say, say about or Al? <laughs> <laughs> there go. Here's what I think about or Al. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I mean, as far as movies like going back to theater, yeah, I haven't seen a movie in a theater since uh, February of last year. Uh, so I think 
Uh, I think the next one will probably be the the Black Widow movie. I think that's going to be it because you know my wife and I were huge Marvel nerds, and um, yeah. I don't know. And the fact that I mean it is airing on Disney Plus, but I just really don't like the idea of having to pay an extra thirty bucks to yeah. see the movie. I'm like I don't that know. One. I'm, I don't. I, don't I, I whatever we can do to keep that from that practice from continuing. I'm I'm on board you, with. You guys are just yeah. from such. I don't know, man. Uh, you know. We can get into it another time, but <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like I'm paying more money. I don't know why. No, just... I, yeah, I, I agree. I feel somehow I feel cheated by doing that. <laughs> I know. Um, Even though it cost me thirty dollars to go to the movie theater with. That's yeah. what I'm so. saying. No. But it's different. There's a there's a different experience to going to a theater. Yeah. Than sure. There is. And if you value that experience, pay the money to go to the movie theater. Don't yeah, absolutely. I love movie theaters, but like, don't crap on somebody who like. You know, like again, like Frank and I were saying, like yeah, we're shut-ins. We need this. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> way to see a movie that I'm not. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not saying. Think, think of I'm the not people saying it shouldn't be on Disney Plus at all. I'm just saying I don't want to pay thirty dollars for something that I'm already paying for. And as yeah. long as you know, as long as the people in the studios and the stuff are getting you know appropriately represented from that, you know, uh, yeah. obviously it's the Warner arguable. Brothers. It's a difficult situation. There's, no, there's not a great, perfect right answer to it. Um, yeah. But I know the answer isn't paying $30 for the film. For uh, no, folks, we need a perfect right answer. That's what I have my perfect right answer. If you can All right, hear me. Russell. It's working. All right, cool. Yeah, you're good. perfect right answer is it's the social side of things. We have tickets to go and see Conjuring 3 on Sunday because Ooh. we've seen all the other Conjuring movies and all the other Wanderverse movies in the theaters with our friend Allie. And this is like our chance. This is going to be this is gonna be our reunion event. We're going to get together. Cool. We're going to go with Allie. We're going to go see the next Wanderverse movie. And that's going to be like the thing. You know, it's going to be the, you know, it's that, that personal thing. You know, we've had that tradition. We're maintaining that tradition. And I don't care if the movie is good or not. It's going to be the continuation of the return. I have a really important question. Are the James Wan horror movies really called the Wanniverse? That's, yeah. That's the name wow. that they've been oh, they've been given in, in horror Twitter and so. I learned something really new today, and I'm not sure if I like it. <laughs> you love it. Uh, wow. I, would go, I would go back to theaters to see the butthole version of Cats. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Will it finally end our terrible life? I think it may. I think it would undo all the horror we've unleashed on the world. DC, I didn't mean that for a transition. I'm sorry. Um, I have not finished the Snyder cut. It looks better than the theatrical cut. Fine. Uh, I just don't have a lot of time, like I said. I've, so, I've um, watched parts of both cuts. So, I've yeah. been trying to force myself to watch that movie, not because it's like a pain to watch or something. Like that. I'm not saying I like, force myself; as I'm torturing myself to watch it. I just want like, to see it. I just, I don't know. I like, like, oh, I got to set aside time. I got to have like yeah. three or four hours, oh, mm. like, to go through it, and it's a commitment, and it's time, yeah. and it's like <laughs> that's. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I find it like, where do I get four hours by myself? Like, even in this situation that we're living in right now, it still yeah. feels weird to do that. I feel do like we, that's built into it. There are the chapter breaks that honestly work really well. I mean, that's how I watched it. I watched ooh. it with the, the chapter breaks. I mean, I didn't know yeah, yeah, ever, but yeah. it is, it's like you're sitting down to watch, you know, a TV series of hour long episodes. You know, you kind of have to say, all right, tonight I can do two episodes of Zack Snyder. Tomorrow night, I can watch <laughs> episode of Snyder. Yeah. And when you need some follow up, Snyder, you get turn over to Netflix and yeah. yeah. 
I think that's a that's a good way to do it. If I known it going in, and this is again, this is the staff meeting thing after it had been released on HBO Max. I'm like, oh, this would have been a good thing to cover in episode format. But people have already been talking about it for a month. So late, late to, to the, the party. party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to determine like how late we're allowed to late to the party. You know? It, oh, it goes. It could go. It's it's sometimes it's just too early to be late to the party. Mm. Like this was a week old. You're just you just missed the memo. <laughs> this is not a week old party. So with I DC just, though, yeah, I was going to say with DC we only have one movie this year, right? We only have the Suicide Squad. From James yeah. Gunn, which I mean, of all the DC movies to be coming out, it certainly is one I am far more interested in than not. Right. I would agree with that. I just wonder if, if we're ever going to have a cinematic universe that means anything or if they're just going to draw the line and be like, from here. It'll be from here. Like they could I'm, do that, and I would be totally forgive them. I would be like, okay, cool. This is a I'm good movie. I'm actually cool with the loose and uh, easy continuity idea we've been going with thus far with dc because marvel has been doing the mcu of tight continuity everything just kind of being all this one universe yeah. i'd be interested to see dc go a different route and just say it's loosely in the same continuity uh sure some stories will go into each other but it's not all going to fit together we're not trying to make it that way i'm i'm with al i'm not confused by it i, I don't think general audiences are actually confused by it despite the fact that people go online and rage that they're confused by it you know like my mother-in-law cherry picked all the marvel movies she saw you know she sees the right. ones with iron man and the ones with loki and you know a couple yeah. of the and the avengers movies but none of the other ones in between that never bothered her so I can't imagine how, like, you know, a loosely connected universe of DC movies would be a problem. Uh, but if they're going to draw a line, it'll probably be at Flash. They'll reset everything, and they'll be like, from here now. They can yeah. use yeah, They can use Flashpoint for anything <laughs> they want to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the big differences is, and this is something I thought was interesting about Marvel, they put unknown characters in. They gave us the Ant-Man movie. They brought in Guardians of the Galaxy. Those Those movies, like, you could skip them, but then they really made them important to the continuity. Mm -hmm. And DC's, it's just always been the big, I mean, Shazam is the most out of nowhere character that, otherwise it's all Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, oh, I guess Flash now too, but I, you know, that's kind of, I don't, it'd be nice to get a cyborg movie, I don't think we're going to get to, but that's kind of, not after you can just, all that. those ones you can just pick up and drop, because they're, they're not going to have that same kind of, oh boy, I have to see the, you know, the filler between these films with this other one. Well, I think what... we're going to find out in phase four whether or not Marvel's plan. Well, this feels like such a nerd, nerd podcast thing going on right now. <laughs> uh, but if, I think we'll find out in phase four whether Marvel's plan will pan out. Uh, no, but seriously, like I, I, I've reached the point where like I don't know if I can watch everything that comes out in the next group of movies. And like that feels like it's a it's a big investment for the average Joe to do. And I'm not sure if the, none of these phase four movies look super exciting. The ones we've got the trailers for, they look, they look okay. They could be good, and, but I don't know if I'm, I'm buying in. And ex excessive watching is just like, I enjoyed the Arrowverse pretty thoroughly when it first came out. I, you know, I'm, I'm right in the right spot. I love that teen drama CWBS. It's like a yeah. favorite sticking point of mine, but it's just so much that I was just overwhelmed by the idea of having to catch up or jump in. Same. And I was just yeah. like, oh, guess I'm done with all of it forever. <laughs> so one of our uh, viewers gave us a comment that's huge. 
but also <laughs> a great time to uh, reset the conversation. Uh, it's basically Katie Lane is saying that forcing herself to watch the Snyder cut. Uh, maybe the excuse might be the length, but sh- sitting there watching all extended Lord of the Rings movies, <laughs> no problem. I remember back in the day when we would watch the extended Lord of the Rings movies and be like, wow, this is it. Geeks I haven't done that I, in years. Yeah, like I used to be able to do that. Now I'm like, oh man, that sounds like so much work. I got offended. <laughs> Someone did a Lord of the Rings watch. Uh, during the pandemic, and I jumped in, and I, I immediately realized it wasn't the extended edition. I was like, "What is this? Art, what, <laughs> is this? what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing to me?" All right, back to the list. Uh, I think we have our definitive answers in Marvel and DC. Most people are ready to go back to the theaters, but we need something that looks pretty, really pretty, or is a cultural touchstone. Simple. Two dungeon not included, Brennan. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know. Uh, we do a podcast called Dungeon Not Included. Come on, you all know. It's the best <laughs> podcast on the network. Uh, and it's an actual play <laughs> podcast, Brennan Conceived. Tell us a little bit about why there's no dungeons in it. Well, I originally started out as a sci-fi game. So I was like, what's a good name for this podcast that's got a sci-fi <laughs> game on it that is an actual play? Yeah. But now I've, I'm committed to this name. I'm committed. No Dungeons. No dungeons. <laughs> Absolutely not. It is so everybody in this room except Darren. I've never role played with you, Darren. Um, and we have to change that. We got to do that. Oh. We gotta, we gotta get you into oh, a game. <laughs> it would be so fun. Yeah. One, one of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see um, where it's going. I've, I've, I see I've where our big SNL nerds episodes are going. Yes. Oh my God. The right. SNL. Okay. What a pop-ups world hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be season in, uh, 85 now. All. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yes, I've gamed with all of you tabletop gaming and it's like, it's crazy how popular it has become in the last yeah. year or two. Uh, yeah, li- normal people are listening to uh, <laughs> actual play podcasts. Right. And it is mostly dungeon related. So, you know, <laughs> I'm bucking the trend. <laughs> Despite them not being included, they were provided. Yeah. Well, like the the huge explosion of Dungeons and Dragons, I maybe I kind of think I know Critical Role is huge, obviously, but like right. I actually think um Stranger Things made it bigger for people than anything else. Oh yeah. I think I people like Stranger yeah. Things hit and people are like, oh, this game. I vaguely remember it. All my nieces and nephews asked me about Dungeons and Dragons after Stranger Things. And when we went to conventions and ran it for kids, they would all have Stranger Things as a reference, not these other big podcasts. It's changed, I think, in the last year or two, but it, it started off as in D&D. And the thing is, that's all what people seem to know. Yeah. And it's weird. It is a little weird, but you know, there's a whole galaxy of games out there. So I want to try to explore some stuff that's that's a little different. I think we should give a little bit of credit to Dungeons and Dragons itself, actually. Although I when agree it, with that. Yeah. yeah, when it went yeah. when it transitioned to fifth edition, that was such an easy pick up and play game mm-hmm. uh, compared to what had come before. That when all that hype started like started to come in, it converged with like, oh, now it's just easy to play. Anyone can pick this up, and it's a lot of fun and I'm gonna play. No, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying D and D isn't a solid game. That's not what I'm 
Oh, I was yeah, just saying, no, 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 no. I was, yeah. I was saying, let's yeah. give, I was saying, you know. So I'm going to put a caveat on what Al's saying. I think that is mostly true. I think what's interesting is that D&D by fifth edition, like picked up a bunch of indie books and philosophy, read it and was like, okay, we'll adopt this stuff. Sometimes crediting the places they're adopting in some cases, very recently hiring the people who originally made these indie sweeping indie ideas, great stuff. Uh, and then adapted it into their game. Nothing's wrong with that. That's actually great. Absolutely yeah, yeah. great. Um, but like, it's, it was weird, surreal to me because I grew up on yeah. AD&D, right? And I'm like, oh, God, all right, encumbrance. What, how am I going to figure this out? In fact, I think at least uh, James and Al, I may have met you through, like, college gaming clubs where I, and uh, this is how I'm in common with Brennan, I had a, um, what was it called, the D20 license? What, the yeah. Uh, the oh, open yeah. gaming license, yeah, license, yeah, right. And I think Bulldogs was originally published under the OGL, yes, license. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a game that was under the OGL, and um, the idea was that everyone knows Dungeons and Dragons, so it'll make it easier for me to sell this game. And inevitably, I taught people Dungeons and Dragons. Like right. it wasn't like anybody <laughs> knew it. They knew of it. They knew what role playing was from it, but they didn't know any of the game. Almost no one knew what the game was. So it was that struggle of teaching people how to play this really at the time obscure, complicated, crunchy system, and then saying, "But don't you rather? Wouldn't you rather play this? Isn't it a little <laughs> bit more fun? It kind of does the thing you want it to do." Uh, well, we like, do yeah, we have no context really. So you know, <laughs> so that's my context for like being asked to play this Bulldogs game. For Dungeon Not Included, it was like, oh yeah, this is this is space adventure, much better. <laughs> this is much better for for so, like wacky space adventures. But so you guys did the space adventure, which I really enjoyed. I didn't get to listen to all of it, but I, I listened right. to quite a lot of it. But you're doing something different right now, right? You're doing a video. We're, we're doing, doing we're, we're doing yeah. a, a live stream and converting it to the podcast afterwards. Um, and the the stream is of uh, vampire. The Masquerade, yeah, the second, second edition. edition. <laughs> I was going to say, edition. are they actually on yeah. five? <laughs> <laughs> and they like just finished launching it. It was like yeah, they, five just came out. Yeah, <laughs> it just came out. We're like, yep, second edition. <laughs> Party. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a blast. There's, I think, going to be 15 episodes of that, and I think next yeah. week will be the last episode uh, for a time. It's been fun, and it's again. For me, uh, World of Darkness was the game I picked up right after AD&D when I was like, I want to try something new and edgy. And I, you know, that was it. So, like, it's fun that this is kind of going through with, because I've seen more and more people in the actual play atmosphere saying, we want to do something other than D&D. Again, nothing wrong with D&D, but they just want to try something new. And I love the fact that we went through the classic new, and now we're doing, like, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do next. Kind of so in, uh, Russell here, actually. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do we want to do, do next? next? Well, yeah. Well, Russell is has volunteered to run his game, Tears of a Machine, which is a uh, giant robots and teenage angst game. Uh, wait, can <laughs> yeah. I play? Um, yeah. <laughs> see what we can do we can try and get you on board. But I think we're going to do a couple of filler games before that, possibly, uh, depending on. Uh, how, how it's working out because uh, Russell, we're bringing you in when our, uh, when Alex is not going to be able to play Aww. this summer okay. because he's working uh, at a top secret, top secret location. 
fiction, yes, that has no D internet. Darren no, isn't I, leaving because Alex is leaving. He doesn't have like a non-compete clause. I, He's trying to fix his audio. He'll be back yeah, in a minute. No. <laughs> uh, yes, so I'm very excited for, for Russell to join us. Um, yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about Giant Robots, Russell. Okay, yeah. Timer. No, <laughs> so yeah um i mean the reason why i want to run and run it you know for you all in july is because that's when i'll be kickstarting this new edition actually um yeah this is tears of a machine sc uh i've got art from the og version up behind me that's the old one uh we're still working on art for the new edition um maybe later i'll be able to show that out. but um yeah tears of a machine sc it's uh my game of you know giant robots and uh you know, and uh, teenage angst. Um, it's aged up a little bit now, actually. Um, I watched Cobra Kai and <laughs> said to myself, you know what? All of these mech shows with the teenagers, they're all just kind of like perpetually 15, and that's just kind of dull. So in this edition, I've aged the pilots up. So you're actually like, you know, you're, you're late teen giant robot pilots. You know, you're uh, 17, 18, 19. And part of what I wanted to make sure the game was about was it was about people growing up. Um, so I wanted to put it, it's kind of like a dynamic part of your life, you know, when a lot in your, in your life is changing. And, you know, I want to have like um, those moments where between giant robot fights, you know, you're, you have to go talk to the career counselor about what are your <laughs> prospects for the future and that, and that kind of thing. And that, that when you're done fighting of... aliens in the giant robot, what's your career goals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sold on Assuming that. there's a world. Almost oh this is way too topical, man. <laughs> That's part of it. That's part of it. Because in this case, you get to decide, oh, I want to be a such and such. And then you get to go fight off the the attacks from space to ensure you can be mm. a such and such. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, yeah, but it's it's a um it's a game built, it's a proprietary system. Um I designed a lot of these things from the, the uh, uh from the background of trying to make the game more accessible. Um, I started using fate dice after I read some great articles by Jacob Wood about how, um, you know, how uh, uh, accessible they are for people with low vision because it's a nice big symbol. You could even read it by touch. Um, I took out a lot of uh, math because I really wanted something where, you know, numbers weren't really going to stand in the way of stuff. So I came up with a system of more descriptive traits. Um, and one of the things I'm going to be doing is the finished book is going to be done as a uh, as an audio book. Um, in a, a read-along EPUB format. So I'm going to, I've got a couple of uh, podcasters and uh, Twitch streamers, including somebody whose face is, is on the screen right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to get uh, some people in to record all the, the book for me and lay all that out nice so that when I, um, you know, when I deliver the book, it'll be, it'll, you know, we'll have, we'll have, of course, we'll have the, the book that we, you know, the, the physical book that you expect to be able to pick up and all that stuff. But in addition to PDF, I am also going to have that EPUB audiobook version of it out there so you know because i just i want more i want more people gaming and yeah. as much as we love those gigantic books with their you know drop die tables and they're like you know 16 pages of reference on spells it, it's um it's a barrier to some people just getting through that much text and that much paper um yeah. so i really wanted to make sure that when i made my game it's going to be you know fun exciting let's save the earth but also, like, let's make sure that more people have that opportunity, can be included to be the saviors of humanity or whatever. And I love that. And I love that we like we came in on this talking about how like D&D &D has this sense where, well, everybody knows this. 
which is not quite accurate and true. And when they simplified things, it opened it up more. But the what you're planning on doing, Russell, with with tears is is making it so that I can actually turn like it's turnkey more or less for teaching people how to play this game, which has always been the most exhausting part. No, yeah. second most exhausting part of running a game. The first one is finding a schedule. Right. Is finding a time where uh, a group of adults can agree to meet. Can't, I can't uh, fix that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's out of my hands. That is an ancient curse. Even the pa a global <laughs> pandemic didn't fix it. No. Yeah, that was... more stuff online. So I don't know. yeah, yeah. That's a but yeah, and also the fact that we hooked you into running it for us on Dungeon Not Included is super good because nothing teaches me how to play better than uh, being forced to play, as was evident in the last few episodes of the Bulldogs arc, where Brendan was like, "This is how you play my game." And we're like, "Oh." <laughs> now it makes sense. Hooray! <laughs> All right, we're we're. I would like to say back to our agenda for a minute. When we first met you, Russell, we were mm -hmm. doing a late to the party that has gotten somehow even later and more party-ish. Can you catch us up a little bit on Evangelion, and then we are going to once again go to the timer. Have See, you seen the final we, new movie? I have not. There, yeah. There's the new movie. I haven't watched it yet. I've read some reactions. I'm trying not to spoil it for myself. I want to be, you know, a good little boy and not pirate it because, yeah. you know, I'm sure yeah, that Hideaki Anno is not going to be able to afford that other golden, you know, limousine or whatever <laughs> if, I, if I pirate it. So I'm not doing that. I'm being good. Um, but yeah, I honestly feel like we, what we, we might need to have another late to the party just to cover the films because the series of films that have come out are interesting i've seen some great videos that talk about how well in the combined universe this is actually time loop number four and, you know, oh, and like oh it's yeah it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot third it's movie hard. goes some places <laughs> yeah it, it goes some, some strange places um and i mean i've i've felt really up and down about them i mean the first one is um just a straight up recreation of some really great episodes of the show that's cool the second one starts that way and then swerves and there are parts about it that i actually really love there are some scenes in that one that i'm like this is perfect this is exactly what i want not only from evangelion but what i want in my own game like there's a, a sequence of some people just wanting to have a nice simple dinner together and it's interrupted by you know giant robot attack and then tragedy you know i'm like that's beautiful that's beautiful right. the third one comes out and oh boy, we spend a lot of time staring contemplatively at the at the horizon and uh, mm. thinking real hard about just thoughts. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the fourth one wraps all that stuff up. Um, you know, because I feel like it's it's been a great series. They've done wonderful stuff. Episode three, kind of they you know it was like the Matrix sequels where they kind of bought in their own hype a little too much, which is which is weird right. to go that many decades without buying into your own hype to the point that you're just, you know, parodying yourself. But uh, <laughs> we'll see if they can recover from that. I don't know. Fingers crossed. I mean, it took yeah. me, I don't know how long it's been since we stopped the late last of the party, but uh, late to the party, but that that last late to the party, that's what I was trying to say. But uh, like, it's not until now that I'm like, I can watch more Evangelion. <laughs> and, and it's not, and I didn't dislike it. I loved it, but it was like that ending was so it's taxing. Like, it's yeah. taxing. Yeah. It's, so yeah. Uh, I hope that this film does not make me go absolutely nuts. All right. Speaking of going nuts, we have to go back to our agenda, and let's see what's next on our list. Oh, SNL really nerds, the season's over. This has been a crazy, 
crazy season for SNL for everyone, I guess. Um, <laughs> the, from the from the, the from home shows, which were just weird and then slightly better, uh, to to all yeah, the casting right. changes from the start. So, what do you what do you folks what are you in trouble thinking about doing for um, the summer? Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, we I mean, I, I do not have stuff that I've written down. I didn't come here unprepared. Uh, because um, this notebook is full of nothing. Little <laughs> <laughs> doodles. Recipes. Giant <laughs> robot? Question mark? Playing <laughs> game? Tank hitting on me? Question mark? <laughs> I was. Wow. Definitely. I'm just saying. Wow. Just wow. Put it out there. Calling HR. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, but just because like with last year uh, during the summer, because we were all quarantined and indoors, you know, that's the summer that uh, you know John Trumbull, my my co-host, uh, we were indoors and we were just watching SNL related movies the whole summer. Uh, but now yeah. that things are kind of opening up, um, we kind of want to maybe branch out and do other things that are SNL related. Like we'll probably still do uh, SNL related movies, SNL related TV shows. Like I know. Uh, Cecily Strong has the TV show Sh- uh, Schmigadoon that's going to be on oh. Apple Plus. Oh, it's uh, coming out. Okay, I never heard of it. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. no, no, it's it's on. Uh, it's coming on Apple Plus in July. It's her, Keegan Michael Key. I think, uh, I think like Alan Cummings is in it. It's like um, sitcom, but there's also a lot of like musical theater involved in it too. So if you're a big fan of musicals, you'll like this one. Okay. Um, and I also know she also has a book coming out too. Well, that's another thing we're also thinking about too. Uh, one of our fans reached out and said, Hey, you should maybe do like an SNL book club. So we were thinking yes. about doing that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, real. I love it. I th- we got some non pro synergy going here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the machine's coming out as a book, <laughs> and then <laughs> book club. Yeah. SNL, no, I actually think that is a great idea. Um, to, to do an SNL like uh, because my favorite kinds of books that most people don't talk about are like the, the memoirs of biographies that come out from like old showbiz people um <laughs> and I, I think there's some like early cast bios that would be amazing to cover and then there's probably some more recent stuff too uh yeah I mean there's always the Gilda Radner uh bio book and there's a uh, Rachel Dratch came out with one uh most recently uh Colin Jost came out with one a year ago and uh, really? Ces- yeah, Cecily Strong is coming out with one in August this summer. So um, I think we we might get a hold of that if we, if she's doing like press stuff. Maybe we can get an interview that way. And uh, that's also another thing we've been thinking about doing: just having more interviews with people who are sort of SNL related or you know work right. for SNL, former cast members. I think we got a good shot at getting. There's two people I'm thinking that we could really get. Uh, one is a uh, cue card Wally. He's this guy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Know Picard Wally. I mean, yeah. not like you know, no? explain him to everyone else. But yeah, he's like uh, a famous, like a legendary character in SNL lore, and who, who, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, he's a cue card guy for SNL. He's been there for thirty years, and he, you know, he's seen them all come and go. And during the pandemic, when it started, uh, he was doing this thing where he was selling uh, personalized cue cards and mailing them out. And I actually have one too. I actually, you know, got one. You know, it says "Take from New Jersey, see us and all nerds." So and um, so it, you know, that uh, when he when people found out he was doing that, it kind of spread like wildfire. He was like yeah. doing interviews about it. He was on Seth Meyers, and uh, yeah, he's got a lot of stories. He's a cool guy. He's in Jersey. He's in like Livingston, I believe. I didn't know so, that. I didn't know he was in Jersey. Yeah, no, he's, he's working. He's in, in Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. yeah. Right. So um, yeah. So like we were thinking about reaching out to him, see if we can get him on the podcast. And also another person, uh, Gary Kroger, who we're kind of 
we follow on uh, Twitter, and he he follows us back too. He's an original cast, not an original cast member, but he was a cast member from '82 to '85, like uh, with Julia Louis Dreyfus, and um, he has like a lot of stories. He's kind of in politics now. He's in um, he's like a Democrat in Iowa, and he's like super liberal, but he's like really super nice and like really you know outgoing, and has a lot of great stories of his time on SNL back in the early '80s. So I think. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're really going to reach out to him too and see what's up. All right, I love I love doing more interview shows and uh, uh, you know that. So this is how the sausage is made. Occasionally, I'll try to be in on the interview show just to record it as a kid. You know, when it's a when it's a guest, you don't want to lose that audio. And I think you guys got cursed. There were so oh. many times where it was like the crazy. audio is half <laughs> present. Yeah. So I'm glad we got some good things. We got some Patreon mm -hmm. content up right now. With um, uh, Hugh Fink, yes, uh, the Hugh Fink, yeah. the, you know, Hugh Fink episode is really good one. That's um, yeah, and I think it's free now. Time. I think if you go to our Patreon, yes. patreon.com forward slash nonpro, I think it was released to the public, and you can watch, listen to it. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of doing a book club for uh, even partially because these books, like this, is one of those time. This that's a subject matter where having someone sum it up for you and give you the bullet points and what have you is like the best uh like you got to pick up this book it's really interesting and here are some amazing stories that came from it and then if you really find it compelling you go and get the book right so i think it works really well um okay. let, let's let's focus on book club a little bit okay. i know gwen who really wants to pilot our book club couldn't make it tonight but let this is staff meeting so we're going to plan it out mm -hmm. um my idea for a book club, which I think I've talked about publicly by now, is to do it like a choose your own adventure book club where every like the idea is we pick books that we've wanted to read and we talk about them together when we get together for book club. And it doesn't have to be the same book. So this is less book report club and more like, you know, reading club. Does that make sense? Uh, so theoretically, so, so not like, everybody's I, reading the same book. Is what not everyone's reading the same book, and we don't talk much about the details of the plots or whatever because you know, you know, I don't, most of these books don't even most books don't require a spoiler alert. I would say, but like it's not it's less about the fat the the subject matter and and the actual text that you're reading, but the process of reading. So like <laughs> I like I would tell you like for example, I'm currently reading Flatland for the first time. I bought it at a, a Borders Books and Music, uh, like more than a decade ago. It's uh, for those of you who don't, Flatland is a, like an 1800s uh, fiction, uh, romantic fiction about like sh geometric shapes. It's like one of these big. It's almost like Lewis Carroll's uh, Alice in Wonderland, but like completely about a triangle and a square and a circle and the social structures that they have. It's a very weird read. I bought it for a dollar because it's a public domain book that they were just, you know, mass producing and selling. And it's weird to me to read something that would have been written uh, more than a hundred years ago. The foreword to that book was like 75 years ago. And it, it talked about like, Oh, this ancient book that uh, I'm writing a forward for. Uh, it's so surreal reading this book, but like I could talk about it without actually having, anybody else having read it as well we just talked about the nature of of reading i don't know if that works for anyone does that sound like it would be fun to tune in and listen to it feels like it would be fun to have a conversation with but i don't know i, 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 I think there's there's 
I think there's value to that. I think, you know, the first thing that kind of sprang to my mind was um, sort of like the like the little reading rainbow snippets at the end of each episode. It's just meant yeah. to get you primed to to like a book or to think about a book where we don't you yeah. know, they don't necessarily break the whole thing. Some of them, they break the whole thing down. But most of it's just about the idea of like, let's get, get people excited to read. And hey, here's like a, you know what? It's almost a series of trailers just skimming through all the the books that that are that people are looking at right now. That's actually I, a good point. Yeah, James, I have, I have a pile of books too that are written by like you know like friends of the show. Like you know I know Ben right uh, published a book yeah. right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, and Nate he published a book uh, you know just just recently as well. You know friends of the show the books that I've been meaning to you know they're sitting on my pile. I like, got to read these. Got to read these. You know, if I again, like you, Frank, if I, I make it a, a job, like a little bit of work, you know, it always helps yeah. me kick things off the bucket list. But I'd love to talk about some stuff like that. For I have sure, so many snippets. I've even like game books, like I've kickstarted so many books that I'm like, oh, this is fun on the shelf. Like I don't have, I think this might be a good idea to like get, get the engine ro- running and want to mm-hmm. play. I, I, actually, Brendan, do you want to talk about a game that you're thinking about? Launching soon, or is that just gonna? Or we're just gonna tease that. I don't know. I don't want to say anything unless you're ready to say it. Oh, you talking about uh, katanas and trench coats? Yes. Yes. Always. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a game about the uh, the wild fantasy tropes of the '80s and '90s. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be totally over the top, Highlander style, but also. Crazy magicians. There's a car magicians or one, car wizards are one of the, uh, <laughs> the classes. Nineties Frank already bought this. Yeah, <laughs> he's already Yeah. So like, there's there's a lot of stuff that I could imagine going through. But one of the things that I think would be difficult would be saying, "All right, everyone, circle the wagons. Who wants to read the same book?" Uh, it was hard to do. Um, uh, uh, what was it? Darker Shade of Magic? I think it's Darker Shade of Magic. And it was a great right, book. Yeah. I would have never picked it for myself. And I enjoyed it a lot. But like, you know, how many times can you do this? So I think it's a good idea. I think we should maybe launch it on the fan club on facebook.com forward slash groups slash non pro, whatever. Uh, and then maybe see if people want to bite because it could mm-hmm. be fun. All right. So uh, the last thing on our official list is and i do have a couple things i want to talk about afterwards so i'll just muscle through infinity train i love infinity train that's it that's all i got <laughs> brought to you by hbo max Take a shot. <laughs> yeah i got so i i've wanted to see it for a while because i thought like just the animation style was really great and the uh showrunner the creator from regular show is amazing but i had no concept of what this is and it kind of mixes up in my mind with a bunch of other things adventure time and what have you um and i'm like i don't know what this is really about but and then finally i said all right this seems pretty good i'm gonna i think actually uh adrian stein who everybody loves uh in our fan club suggested uh in uh infinite train uh infinity train and i was like all right if that i, I he's never steered me wrong on a recommendation uh bathtubs over broadway is one of my favorite movies documentaries of all time i so and wanted to watch that is that still it's on so good it's so good it's so damn good anyways uh so i watched season one muscle through it like like not muscle through it breeze through it i watched it with my niece who was babysitting at the time and we like she left for like a week or two and i was like come back season two we have to do this <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just four seasons. That's all we're getting so far. Probably that maybe all we'll ever get. But it's a, it's an amazing, relatively quick watch too. I think it's like ten episodes or eight episodes a season. Yeah, each um, season each season is ten episodes. They're each fifteen minutes a pop, um, and they just wow. Like I just the last season, I literally it was over. I started it, and then it was over. It's, it's great. Katie looked at me. He's like, you finished that whole thing? I'm like, I don't even know how long I've been here. I just <laughs> right through. The, the basic premise is there is a train. I'm not going to spoil anything because this is just the, the storytelling is what's so compelling about this. There's a train that has an infinite amount of cars in it. Uh, and each one is like a world up to itself. And really, it's about learning lessons about yourself as you go from car to car uh, in the train. Uh, and each season follows another character that is dimly related to the other seasons. You want to watch it in order, but not not super dependent. If you like character, if you like uh, genre, if you think sci-fi is a way of expressing uh, deeper stories about ourselves, this series, and if you like funny things, it's just weird. It's just so, there's a bear in a sun who wears sunglasses and a robe who's making breakfast in one scene in the background is like, ooh. Like he's reacted to every like he's just such a weird guy. What's his story? What's his why is he wearing a bathrobe? Why is that after I don't know? It's beautiful. The, the story behind how the show kind of came to be, too, is fascinating. So um the gentleman who did the show right from regular show uh did the pilot for Cartoon Network. They ordered the pilot created, they aired the pilot once on Cartoon Network. Um and then uh it went away for a long time. I mean, like a year and change. Um, and then they actually put it online, right? They put the pilot on YouTube for free. Um, and it just blew up on YouTube. So they actually ordered more episodes, which they originally started releasing on YouTube and Cartoon Network's YouTube, and then transferred the series to television for the, for the replay of season one. Season two aired on... Cartoon Network season three, which I think feels, you know, to me, season three felt like it was a bit of a darker turn. Oh, yeah, definitely. The show um, that moved to HBO Max, right? Because it's got the Cartoon yeah. Network partnership. And then the season four finished up on, on HBO Max as well. That was uh, pretty interesting, but mostly James's would find that interesting. <laughs> but I, oh, I did find it interesting. But I'm like, this is a definitely this is a James centric topic. This is like here's some deep production knowledge. Uh, but I do like that really stuff. Interesting, interesting syndication Important. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, Television no, I, shows are weird now. <laughs> yeah no it's I, yeah part, it's an important I, I part of any show's history you know look at gravity falls look at the change in tone that happened as gravity falls moved to disney xd and you know and, and all that kind of thing it's samurai jack final season coming back you know yeah entirely different oh, project, final, project, which so i just watched huge change in tone yeah yeah exactly oh god the russell collins season of uh, uh dungeon not included it's gonna be weird. <laughs> Changing tone. If the dice roll well for you and you don't have to like do anything crazy to like, you know, keep your mecha from running wild across the battlefield, then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just you know. I'm sure that won't happen to us at all. Yeah. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Dice Good die rolls and you're safe. Good die rolls and you're safe. Nothing's yeah. gonna go nothing's gonna go wrong. 
<laughs> so I think we covered a lot of ground. We have a lot of, uh, to, we know what the future of Dungeon Not Included is. SNL nerds, we've got a good idea of some cool stuff that can be done. Um, a book club, I think we have an idea to pitch and it'll either succeed or fail on its own. Uh, and uh, clearly we fixed Marvel. Because it needs, <laughs> I don't even know why that was a bullet point. I guess it's just you know it pays the internet dollars. Um, uh, there's a million universe. <laughs> sure, <laughs> is that is that the new one? Yeah, oh, yeah, I man. think so. Bring back the butthole cut. Uh, <laughs> I really, really, I actually more there than the butthole cut. Fan release of the uh, the Mario movie that just got that just came out. Oh, like yes, there's an extra twenty minutes of the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> That someone found and then they edited into the to the movie that just got released like I think yesterday or today. And it turns yeah. that movie around. <laughs> Finally, a lot more drunken uh, drunken uh, shenanigans, right? You, you gotta find Darren. You gotta find some sort of in where that movie is an SNL movie. There's gotta be something. I, I don't think I don't think we want to do that. Some extra somebody. The SNL nerds have the most interesting fans on Twitter who will who will dig. They'll be like, all right, hear me out. <laughs> Someone on the production staff once hit an SNL cast member's cousin with a car. <laughs> Maybe. Sounds like uh, talking yeah. about Dennis Hopper, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> who has it? Really, who has it? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I have so many other things I want to ask and go through, but it, it's such a perfect time. We've reached an hour. Um, it's such a wonderful time to break. I'm going to try to find some uh, cool things to end on. I don't have end credits, but I do have a thank you, an old dated thank you to our patrons. Uh, which I have not updated in many years. Which, so all you newer patrons, get on it. Make a stink. Let me know because I forgot we did it. Donate update. more. And Any of the people there. that have in the last three months. Sorry about that. We'll update. Uh, and um, let's see what else do I got. I can play that staff meeting video from the top of the show. <laughs> It'll be seven minutes. I did two cuts oh. of that. I did one cut that had a clock in the bottom because I was like, people are not going to know that there's ever going to be an end to this. Well, who knows? Uh, thank you all for joining. I hope we keep doing these staff meetings, touch base on the projects we're working on, both on externally with Kickstarter. Actually, let's do a quick uh, roundtable of how to follow us. Um, Darren, can you do your, your Twitter and the SNL nerds? Uh, yeah, sure. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And uh, SNL Nerd Show on Twitter. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Russell, where can we find out more about your work and find out about that Kickstarter that's coming? Sure. Um, well, at Robot Claw, R-O-B-O-T-C-L-A-W on Twitter. If you want to uh, you know, hear my ramblings about things various and sundry, it's mostly going to be stuff about Tears of a Machine because that's going to be my entire July. Um, also, the blog is robotclaw.info if you want to you know, read in long form my uh, yammerings about things like role-playing games, giant robots, and uh, book accessibility. Awesome. All right. Brennan, how about uh, stuff about Galileo, Galileo games and Dungeon Not Included? Sure. Uh, you can find me at uh, Brennan R. Taylor on Twitter. And uh, Dungeon Not Included is at DNI Crew, DNI Crew on Twitter. And you can find Galileo Games uh, at GalileoGames.com. 
Very good. Uh, so, James and Al, I don't care about you or what you wow. have to know. <laughs> uh, because we did not wow. speak of any of your specific projects. James, do you have anything? Do you, are you um, still getting, get, getting rid of wood chips? Yeah, I am. Yes. Anyone locally have, in New Jersey needs some wood chips. If more. you need wood chips, find James. <laughs> Contact <laughs> me. <laughs> and, I have plenty. Uh, no, I'm, I'm getting back to doing conventions again, which uh, hey, actually, if you want, I do regularly post on Instagram at BombChewXOX all the convention work I'm doing. And that's nice. actually exciting. Uh, yeah. Right now, particularly for me. Otherwise, yeah, on non-pro, my personal projects mean nothing. <laughs> Al, uh, you have some... Actually, speaking of returning to conventions, you have a podcast out on our network right now about convention horror stories as if you were trying to scare people away from conventions. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. It's a great, it's a interesting listen. Uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It scared the hell out of me, and uh, that's appropriate, I guess. Uh, but that was a good show. Anything else you want to uh, uh, promote right now? Oh, actually, yeah. At the end of July, um, Al's Gaming Emporium will be at uh, Zolo Con in Pennsylvania. Um, hey, you're back. Yeah, we'll be uh, finally conventions are coming back, so we're finally gonna start selling video games and other memorabilia again. So uh, you can go ahead and follow us at Al's Gaming Emporium at, at Facebook.com. So. And this, everyone, help me harass Al to uh, get that game podcast off the ground. That actually, interestingly enough, we are we have gotten another we've gotten a bit of a cast together for that. We're no, going to no, record so episode zero on Friday, um, yes. and see how that all shapes out. It's not going to be a, something we'll pitch or put in. Like if patrons want to listen to it, we can maybe do something with that. But I think it's just the test chemistry and see what we're what we want to work Good. on. I've been I've been wanting this for a while. Al's been cool enough to be like, "All right, I think I've got this. I remember what games are, uh, and better than me. I've I not, not I'm too old, just too old, <laughs> too old and tired. And on that note, I'll good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, stay tuned for another uh, seven minutes. Of <laughs> edited together a footage uh regard look at this isn't even the full screen. Look how bad this is. This is so awful. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on. Yeah. So Ter yeah, terrible. Sure, this is trash, trash production meeting. But yes, uh, for another seven minutes of uh ridiculously edited together copyrighted material that's probably gonna make this video flagged and useless to anyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.